0: Hello everyone, welcome to Cave to the Cross Apologetics. I am Patrick flying solo, but kind of not really today as uh, uh, I welcome uh, welcome back uh, a, f- a friend to the show. And uh, unlike all the times that I claim other people friend of the show, he is truly a friend of the show, uh, is, is going back and, and watching old episodes, uh, to, to see what young Patrick and Tony were, were talking about and see if, uh, uh heresy is afoot. And so far, uh, I'm, I'm in well standing with my church. So, uh, that's great. But, uh, Josh and, uh, my, my, my friend, but I call him also Pastor Josh, uh, f- officially, uh, not my pastor, but, uh, we've had him on, uh, episode 150 and 151 where he's, uh, him and Jeff, who are part of the, uh, anarchist, uh, Bible study podcast that you should definitely check out. Uh, they talked about, uh, hermeneutics and, and, uh, kind of the proper role of, of reading your Bible, uh, 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 accurately, and especially in the context with, uh, the family and the church. And so, uh, I wanted to bring him uh, back on to kind of, uh, give a state of the church. Like you know, I I knew Josh was very much uh, pro federal government and pro executive branch, so he's going to be essentially uh, the, the the president of the church, and he's going to give State of the Union. But uh, I want Josh to introduce himself because I'm not sure behind the Iron Curtain if you want uh, the the Führer uh, Grandholm to know anything about you. So I will let you kind of provide the details as 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 you will, and hopefully you can hide out in the corn well
1: <laughs> yes my name is uh josh pastor josh whatever uh, i actually don't usually let people call me pastor josh not because i don't like it but because i like it too much um uh but but i uh uh i also go by io Ann cap and on the anarchist bible study and, and on twitter and uh usually if you if you see someone uh from the anarchist bible study commenting on the cave to the cross uh, apologetics yeah. episodes that's me um So I I am a denizen of the of the comment section Um, and uh, father of five now. Well, no, six, uh, six, my sixth child, my first daughter is due in December. And um, yeah, you know, I just, you know, specifically my role uh, in the church is youth and music. Uh, So youth ministry and um, leading uh, music on Sunday mornings. Uh, or or at least uh ordering around whoever is leading the music on Sunday mornings um and and uh yeah that's 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 what I do that's a little bit about me there is
0: the <laughs> gift of administration so uh we can stand by <laughs> while other people do the the heavy lifting that, that that's uh <laughs> that's God honoring right there well uh, uh recently anarchist uh, Bible Study did this really great series um that that uh, I was Pretty much there for for all of it live, uh, as as you can be too if uh, if you stay up to the, the crack of dawn like I do. And uh, what what you guys did is that you went over the uh, 2022 state of theology from Legionaire Ministries, and hopefully Legionaire hasn't blocked me from uh, critiquing them uh, in our, in our last book too much. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm sure they pay attention to someone with uh, 300 followers, and uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But uh, so what Legionaire Ministry does is about every two years is they kind of take up a poll of uh different people it's it's a very professional and very well done It's the first yep. time that i've 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 really seen it in in this format but they take uh, kind of 35 different statements uh then uh what you guys did is you went over those statements you talked about what was the kind of true biblical answer before it's it's obviously revealed um what 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 the real answer is but uh but uh, you guys added your your, your flair to it and then you talked about different makeups for uh, what you thought you would see, what you thought uh, would be the breakdown between different denominations or different um, groups of people, uh, different uh, alleged Christians, different, um, uh, just different uh, sex or just uh, 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 the type of people that, that make up uh, what I think in common parlance is called the church. Um, and you can split hairs over that. Uh, but with all those different permutations and, and you kind of talked about, well, why was it that we saw this, uh, 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 being good or, or bad or, uh, somewhere in between. And so, uh, what I want you to do is do the 2023 state of the church. So we're going to go over how Christians are doing with our understanding of theology, which is who God is our sanctification, which is becoming more Christ-like and, uh, we're definitely talking about those crazy kids and, and how I'm so far outside of uh, high school now uh, that I don't know the slang and I'm okay with that. And so that's how old I am is, is I don't know. And I'm to the point where I don't care. And yeah, so, same. and then we'll get into some uh, practical uh, applications from there. So Josh, is, is there anything that, that I haven't have covered as far as an, a good overview of uh, state of theology?
1: Uh, no, I mean, what, I mean, it's to, just so like uh, we we have a playlist, actually, and I've, I've sent it to Patrick. He can post it and however he wants to um, where we did go through these things. Uh, we did kind of we did go question by question. Um, and and one of the things that we would do is we look at the overall question um, and then we would uh, like the, the, if you go to state of and the data explorer is where they show even percentages of how everyone answers the question. And so we would kind of we had we we kind of fell into a a rhythm of what we would do is we talk about the question uh we answer the question um and then we'd read Ligonier's answer to the question and then we would look at the breakdown of who answered it right who answered it wrong um and then yeah they have filters that that set up where you can kind of look at specific um demographics um and we were most interested what we found mo- what we were most interested in was how do um, evangelical believers answer the question? And how do people who rarely or frequently attend church answer the question? Um, Those were kind of our our questions because that was kind of, um, you know, as as people who are big believers in the church and as people who are evangelicals, uh, we wanted to see how they answered. Because, like, uh, it's interesting how most Christians answer. But the way I kind of think about it is uh peop- generic Christians I'm I'm really not interested in what they have to say. I want to know what evangelicals and they define evangelical based on people who um, people who believe uh, the authority in, of scripture, I believe is how they would call it um the necessity of evangelism uh the importance of the cross uh, and, and a couple other, a couple other questions that they use as kind of um, defining questions. And if they answered strongly agreed to all five of those questions, they're considered evangelical. And so we wanted to know how evangelicals answered, especially because we want to know how people who claim to take the Bible seriously, how good they are at actually reading it. Because that's the thing that I've, um, as a person who's grown up in evangelical circles, when I critique conservative Christianity, I do so as one who has a vested interest. I, I care about um evangelical Christianity. I, I consider myself one, I pastored in those circles. I never want to leave. I love these people. And I, but I want to know what they, um, what they believe about these things. Um, and then we also wanted to know how church attendance affected things because um, and, and I would say one overarching thing that we noticed is that on all, but a few questions, regular attendance in an evangelical church um was almost was sometimes a stronger indicator of getting the right answer than even being an evangelical believer so um so not how you identify because that's largely how you know believer you know belief is really like okay so i value these five things but what does that tell me that tells me nothing except for you value these things um but actual attendance in an evangelical church um was a, a huge indicator of of whether or not they got they had orthodox answers, um, and, and correct answers. Um, right. yeah, that and that was a a big thing that we discovered and actually in some ways was kind of a, uh, like it kind of, it, it kind of raised our spirits. So we, after tearing through these and, and kind of, uh, talking about how, how terrible these answers were, we get to the last, um, uh, we did the last episode in our series uh it's called it's 101.5 because i'm a weirdo and don't know how to number my episodes but uh we titled it reasons for optimism in theological education we said there's actually a lot about this that we can feel good about and that was one of the big ones is that if if you're attending a faithful church faithful churches are preaching good stuff um by and large and and that's that's what's going to produce future pastors future leaders future fathers and and mothers who are going to raise their children and and so that's really if if that's what's going on then that's that's good news as long as we can hold on to it and I think there's reasons to wonder if if we are going to but um so, so you' the great bell
0: yeah. there, there, there's a white mixed with some pepper in there <laughs> to, to to even it out
1: yeah there's there's a whole thing. We'll probably come back to it, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> So what you're saying is you're begging for nuance. I uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and of course, uh, on the show, we always say definitions matter and, and, and that, that's important to, to, to talk about the definition of what evangelical is because, yep. uh, you know, uh, if you let the world define it, it's uh, it's anyone who owns uh, a Bible and a half and uh, and, and make uh, read it during lunchtime and they' they're, they're the, the Christian nationalists that want to uh, subject women to uh, uh, forced forced impregnation. Uh, Man, but-, if, uh,
1: but I mean, as much as I may have disagree, as I have disagreements, as you might guess by the name of my podcast with Christian nationalism, I would rather everyone be a Christian nationalist than most evangelicals. To be honest, like <laughs> I think at least the Christian nationalists know what they believe, and go. I think that's uh, I think that's the biggest problem. Is like you say, like definitions of the matter. Well, for so long, evangelicalism is defined by identifying as an evangelical. Like, this is, you know, this is the world that we live in where you can self-identify as whatever you want. (laughs) We, it has really been, uh, the Christianity has been taking that on far longer than the gender uh, ideology world has, where I've been like, "What, what is a Christian? Well, do you call yourself a Christian? And, and saying like, um, and saying that there are actual standards that defines what an evangelical is, I think is actually part of the problem is that, um, well, is that is that there there needs to be definitions to what an evangelical is, and I think that's largely why um, we see so much confusion among evangelicals is because the the basics aren't even being taught of evangelicalism, um, and and that's an, that's another thing that we've talked about on our ABS show. We have another uh, series that we call the Evangelical Downgrade, and then we also talked about a couple statements uh, like the the Cambridge Declaration, which is about uh, the came full, the full name is the Cambridge Declaration of Confessing Evangelicals, and that goes over the five solas. and And what's crazy is I grew up in an evangelical church, and I didn't know the five solas until seminary. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in a Presbyterian church. I didn't know the Westminster Shorter Catechism until seminary. I, 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 I was we're not taught content in evangelical churches because we're afraid of scaring people away, but it's tr- turning out to have the opposite problem that we're actually people are. Just kind of sliding out the side door because we're not ever giving them a reason to stay, mm. you know.
0: And that, that's one of the kind of reasons why uh, I wanted to talk about this, especially. Well, you know, why is apologetic a uh, uh show uh, cross pollinating with uh, with with something that's so, uh, I guess, uh, ecclesiastical uh, to 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 put the the spin on it? Uh, it it's it's because that's that's the purpose is is it's to to grow God's church but mm-hmm. um when when you read uh, uh James when you read um uh, uh Colossians there there's the theology and, and it's definitely there but it's also a protect the sheep protect yep, yep. The, the the healthy members uh put put the the the, the diseased person on the outside but then minister to them and then try to win them back for for God's glory and, and save them from from the pits of hell that way as well. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, especially James uh, is is always clear about a uh, this faith and that faith. And there's a, a saving faith and there's a not saving faith. So uh, we're we're definitely not calling uh, him at odds with with Paul, but it's always uh, for James. It's always a comparison, and the comparison is for him is always there's true believers, and then there's people in the church. And and those seem to be uh, different entities. And so it, uh, we, we, we see this even today where we talk about divorce um, um, statistics. It's like, oh, even in the church, divorce is still 50-50. Yeah, but if, if you actually define people who uh, identify as evangelical, those numbers are drastically, mm-hmm. drastically lower. And so not saying that it doesn't happen and it doesn't happen for a myriad of reasons, uh but uh but it, it's amazing what happens uh when you define your terms properly and not just go well oh, you know uh, Christians even even Christians are are terrible marriage partners uh, okay but let let's let's define our terms so
1: that's, yeah i uh, mean, yeah. yeah that's that's definitely, yeah it's true, totally true i mean and it's not and it's um you know i i can already hear the objection of someone like no true scotsman no true scotsman um, but, but like, I always liken that and being like, yeah, but sometimes there is such a thing as a Scotsman, like if someone claims to be a, a Scotsman, but they have no, they've never been to Scotland. They've never lived in Scotland. They have no lineage that goes back to any Scott, anyone who ever lived in Scotland then they're not a Scotsman. There is a definition of a Scotsman. And I would say that, that, that is a problem. Like you say, that that goes into this is, you know, you all well, which are they all evangelicals are all evangelicals people attending an evangelical church. Are they really believers in the evangelical faith? Like the gospel? Obviously not. Like, right. and, and the hope is that there's some people, and even that's something that we talked about in the show is like, there is actually a hope that some of the people who don't believe rightly are in these churches because where else are they going to learn the right theology? You know, that you, you kind of hope that there's going to be some people like you kind of hope there's going to be some people in the room who don't have good theology yet you know that, that you are actually you're not just preaching to the choir you are instructing in the faith mm-hmm. you know
0: and and the answers to these is uh to these 35 questions of what we should know about our faith the 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 proper teaching uh, the consistent teaching and then the mm-hmm. consistent attendance uh it, it, Beats it in your mind, uh, more and more, uh, so that, uh, it's not just you under a tree with your own Bible, uh, yeah. but also Monday through Saturday, you're also going to you with the tree and your Bible and your, uh, understanding, uh, what's going to come and what, uh, has been taught yeah. and, and you're, 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 filling in the backspace of, 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 uh, what's being taught on Sunday. So hopefully. Yeah. That, that's a good indicator of somebody who's uh, true to the faith and understands Christianity and, and can be uh, a proper representative. And yeah. good theology, it, uh, it's, it's when I teach on uh, Mormonism, when I teach on Jehovah's Witnesses, uh, when I teach on Catholicism, uh, my number one uh, uh, message to, uh, usually it's uh, uh, college students, is if you don't know your theology, Christian theology, then I, I don't I don't care what I'm going to teach you about, you know, uh, the 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 pre-incarnate spirit life of children before, uh, you know, the, the 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 world was made and Elohim uh, uh, birthed us all. Okay, I can explain that to you. But what what do you believe? And and where is where is the true gospel message? Is it to say, "Nah, you're wrong," or is it a positive message that um, that someone like Paul in Romans one says? here's here's the message and it's unto the power of salvation not hey uh, um, I'm going to Mars Hill and I'm going to tell the the, the, the Greeks that they have no clue uh, what they're talking about and there I've, I've I've won the argument well no that that's not what we are to do we're to give the message and I was talk about the conduit we're the conduit between uh, God and and the the light bulb the, the person that we're hopefully turning on and we're communicating a message and sometimes that that message, uh, through our own uh, nodding up uh, um, becomes a, a little dull or we cross wires and uh, we don't do the pro- the proper means that uh, we should um, but that uh that doesn't eliminate uh, the, the the power that God has uh, in bringing all people uh, to himself uh, for his purposes mm-hmm. all right so uh, looking at the twenty twenty two statement of theology uh, did you find that? not baptizing babies uh, was bringing out the, the end of of evangelicalism or, or or is there still hope or i guess what i should ask is what are some things that you took away from your overview from your look but what were some of the surprises what were some of the the, the things that shocked you
1: well yeah and I, I mean besides the the attendance uh thing i we one of the things that we did notice is that there is a huge problem among Evangelicals and evangelical attenders of people um, affirming things that sound good about God, like we. I know this. This is this is a maybe a weird thing to say, but like, um, like we all we are living in a society where accepting people is helpful, is good, right? So when statement three says God accepts the worship of all religions, including Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Uh, we find evangelicals answering over 50% strongly agree or, you know, almost, almost 50% strongly agree over 50% saying they agree. And almost only almost a third saying strongly disagree, which is the correct answer that God doesn't accept the worship. Like w- what is worship except for, uh, you know, like, like uh, worship has to be done in spirit and truth. How can you worship if you don't have the spirit of God? And if you're not worshiping in truth, which is through Christ. <clears throat> and so, but that sounds like a nice thing like wouldn't a nice god accept their worship like okay it's the thought that counts like you know you got a present from your your uh your child it's like a weird little drawing and they say it means you know the, the little scribbles means i love you dad or something like that it's the thought that counts right that's how god would feel but but that's not what the word says and, and another one like um god uh statement number 4 god learns and adapts to different circumstances and you find Almost half of evangelicals and over half of Christ- of general respondents saying, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously, because that sounds like a, the thing that you would expect a good God to do, you know, adapt and learn. Right. That's what a good person does. So wouldn't that be what God does? Well, of course, he's omniscient. He knows everything. He can't learn. Uh, my dad always he, he liked uh, to tell me that God has the ultimate learning disability. <laughs> um, he can't learn a single thing because he knows everything and everything that has happened, everything that will happen, everything that could happen, everything that is happening. And, um, and he doesn't adapt because he himself is, you know, maybe this is controversial, but he is the one who decrees the end from the beginning. You don't adapt to what you decree. No, and, he, looks, and so, he looks
0: down the quarters of time and realizes what the hand he's dealt with. And then he, he's a good card shark. So <laughs> he, he knows how to come with the cards.
1: Yeah. And, and then right. like uh, Jesus is the first and greatest being uh, created by God. Statement number six. That's not true. He's not. You he Jesus is not created. In fact, that's one of the first great heresies that had to be confronted. Arianism was the idea that Jesus was a created being. He was not. He was God from all eternity. God of God, light of light. Very God of very God. Nicene Creed says, and 70% of evangelical believers uh, strongly agree to that statement. And so this, this is a thing that I think, um, I I don't, I don't even know how do you start working with that to be like, um, sometimes what sounds like a nice thing. And maybe, maybe this is all about, I think I have this big problem with evangelicalism, their toxic niceness of always wanting to say things that sound nice and never wanting to ruffle any feathers, never rock the boat, never, you know, for instance, not, not a single one of them would ever say, Overturn tables and uh, whip people with a cord, a whip of cords, um, because that wouldn't be nice, and that's not what Jesus would do. But, but like the, I think maybe that's part of it is this: this toxic niceness that we want to affirm things that sound nice about God. Um, but but I think that's that's something that evangelical churches need to look at because the, the way we've been training pastors. Um, for the for the longest time. This is something that actually... Um, I, I If you don't follow me on Twitter, you should because I'm amazing <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, but Sorry, I'm just kidding. Uh, but one of the things that I tweeted, uh, I there was this um, teacher's union hack who was um, going into Southern Baptist fire and brimstone preacher mode over how great it was to be an educator. And everybody was like, oh, but it's not a religion, huh? It's not a religion, huh? And like, yeah, that's a good point. But I also was like, but there's an I'm going to take a different tack on this because what this shows me is the thing that we've been saying doesn't work in churches and that we've been training pastors saying we need to have this more irenic tone, more calm, like don't thunder from the pulpit, people get turned off by that. Everyone else knows that actually that works. Like everyone else in every other circle, they know that pounding the the pulpit and and shouting and using excessive Hand movements and stuff like that—that that is actually what fires people up and gets them excited about things—and it shows that you think it's serious. And when we talk like this, though, it makes it seem like everything—it's like not really that big of a deal. And so, I, I think there is a, a problem of, of how we're training pastors to be less offensive. Um, not that we're supposed to be intentionally offensive, but but that if that's the high goal is to be less offensive, then we do train people to be toxically nice both in their attitudes and actions which means we're never going to confront sin um evangelism is never actually about preaching the gospel but it's about you know kind of generically jesus loves you which doesn't actually mean anything because okay cool like i think it's paul washer's like oh great we have so much in common i love me (laughs) um but like but but we need to it creates that kind of toxic attitude, but also it actually does affect our theology. We just want to say things that sound nice about God without being like, "Okay, oh, but what is really true?"
0: So, are you saying that then we need more Jesus at the movie gospel messages uh, to, to to bring in people so that we can evangelize the the best
1: way? Shockingly, I'm going to say no. Oh man, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm I'm I, uh, I I'm not going to advocate that. Uh, <laughs> I, but, but I think there's there's something like good old-fashioned expositional preaching. I think it's a great start. I say it's a start because I don't think it's the every, everything. I know a lot of expositional churches, so-called expositional churches, that are still peddling kind of weak, stop, weak sauce. Um, but starting with just verse-by-verse verse exposition of, of picking your sermons based on a text and then picking up wherever you left off last week on next week's message, like I think my favorite John Calvin story – Um, you know, uh, named one of my children partially after John Calvin. Uh, So I'm a big fan of John Calvin got my five Solar shirt on. So you might expect, um, but I, my favorite story is he gets kicked out of Geneva, which goes against everything we've heard about him being a iron fisted dictator (laughs) over the city of Geneva. He got kicked out of Geneva for three years and he actually, um, never wanted to come back but they begged him to come back and eventually he came back. So he gets up to preach the following Sunday and like, okay, what's he going to do? Where's he going to start? He picks up exactly where he left off three years prior. He just opens up the Bible to where he left off when he got kicked out of the pulpit three years ago. And he just picks up and continues. And I think there's something amazing about that. Yeah. Like we're going to just preach what God says we're going to say. I'm going to say what God says we're going to say by going verse by verse. Um, And I think that's a big part of it of, of getting the truth out there is just saying whatever everyone else says, we're going to stand on what this says, you know?
0: Well, here's uh, a question that I, that I see from, from this and from conservative Christians who, who, who are, are, are making similar points that, that you are. And uh, let's take that 70% of people believe that Jesus is a created being. It's the first heresy. Are are we then saying that seventy percent of Christians in our churches are not Christians, and and what does that do to our witness then? Are are, are we are we willing to go on the record and say that that there are, that there are less Scotsmen than than what we even want to admit?
1: Um, he, I, mean, I would say okay. So it's, I, okay. So I'm a, I'm I'm not an apologetics guy. I'm a systematic theologian and an exegete. That's what I do. Um, and so, I, uh, if you ask me a question, I'm going to say, well, three things about that. Uh, but in this case, I only have two, uh,
0: you have to do I'll, it with, with the same letter <laughs> for each point though.
1: <laughs> um, I would say, first of all, there, there is such a thing as blessed inconsistency that a person, I, th- I think this is something that like, I think those of us who do get really excited about doctrine, um, it's a good thing. I think contrary to what pe- some people are saying, it is a good thing to get really excited about doctrine because doctrine is, is just the Latin word for teaching, which comes from the word did uh did uh, which is what, what the teaching that is passed along. That's what we are called to. And so it is good to know the truth, the teaching, because ultimately theology is the study of God. And so it is good. But those of us who are excited about that kind of thing tend to get pretty excited and maybe write people off too quickly be like hey some of these people who answered these question uh some of the 70% of people or I'm, I'm going to go to another question 50 uh some of the 60% of people who answered agree to uh statement 9 which is the holy spirit is a force but is not a personal being some of those people didn't understand the question or didn't really understand what they were saying um they might've misunderstood some of those words. Like, what do you mean personal? What do you mean being? I actually asked this to, to my youth group and some of them thought that it was a trick question. Cause God is not a being, or they thought it was a trick question or something like that. And I was like, no, 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 that's not a trick question. God is a being. Uh, <laughs> and they were thinking human being not like, okay. So, so we, there's blessed inconsistency. There's confusion. We need to be patient with people. But second, I think, yeah, there are probably a lot more people claiming to be Christians, even claiming to be evangelical Christians, who are not authentically converted, because uh, that can't account for all of the confusion over these um, issues that are clear in Scripture. There has to be some people who really haven't met the the Jesus, the God of Jesus Christ and, and the Christ of the Bible, who are going to churches and are getting by on good vibes in high, uh, octane worship sets. Uh, and, and basically they're getting really excited by the music and thinking that that's a relationship with God when more than people are comfortable with a relationship with, a with God in the same way that a relationship with a person is more cog- uh, cognitive than you would think. Like so much of my relationship to my wife is about things that I know about her. Right. Like people, people always want to say, like, knowing God is not the same thing as knowing about God. Yeah. But it's not less than that. Like, (laughs) they're like, it's more than that. And that's, that's a big thing that I'll say a lot is, yeah, but it's not less than that. If I claim that I know my wife, but I don't know that she loves ice cream, then like, that's a big deal that she loves ice cream. She's huge, you know, the first time I brought her to Dairy Queen, she started jumping for joy, literally. (laughs) And uh, if I, if I don't know that about her, then how can I claim that I know her? If, or if I don't know her favorite author is Elizabeth Elliot or, or like, I don't know these things, these things that I know about her, the things, um, the specific doctrines that get her excited or the things that get her worked up when she sees them not, you know, told lie like lies about certain things, those things that work her up, they'll, they'll, that's a part of my relationship with her. And so knowing God and knowing Christ is part cognitive. And and we don't like that because it makes it sound like you have to be a scholar to really be a Christian, and that's not what I'm saying either. But but at the very least, Paul says that to be a Christian means you believe the gospel, and there's content to that. Knowing that Jesus died for our sins on the third, uh, died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures that He's buried and He's rose, raised again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. What does that mean? What do you mean died on the cross for our sins? That's content. We got to understand. What does that mean? Died on the cross? Why the cross? its content. What does it mean according to scriptures? What scriptures is he talking about? That's content. Um why raise the third day? Why does that matter? That's content. Like there's there's content to the thing that we say we have to believe to be a Christian. And so I I do actually think that maybe we need to be okay with and consider the possibility that there are less true Christians in our churches than we think there are. And um and I think in some ways what I'm asking is for us to go back to an older way of thinking, because there's a sense in which talking about Charles Spurgeon, uh, the, you know, thump the pulpit, shout and barrel chested everything himself. He always came to church on the understanding that there are unbelievers in the room. Like, I don't know that we do that. Um, and when we do that, it's sometimes in the form of dumbing down instead of what they actually need, which is more truth, more truth to bring them to, um, uh, you know, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. That's content. Um, Peter says that we were born again by the living and abiding word of God. And that, uh, word is the gospel that was preached to you. Um, it's, it's, it's truth and content. That is what makes us change, not good vibes. And, and so when you hit that.
0: Yeah. And we shouldn't be surprised by this too, because if we look at just the ministry of Jesus, uh, you know, th- there's a reason, uh, other, other than, uh, fulfilled prophecy that he teaches in parable. Well, you know why is he trying to hide the, this this message of saving faith to these people well if, if if they if they uh if if they understood what jesus was talking about then they would believe and they would be saved but but they're but they wouldn't be so yeah. so the, here you you have jesus you know he he he's almost like the uh, of forrest gump where, where, where he stops running and he just makes the announcement of Um, if you believe in me, you'll eat eat my body and drink my, uh, drink my blood and people like, oh, okay. I I was with you for the healing of leprosy. All right. Tax collectors. I mean, I, I, am vehemently opposed to them, but they're on the other side of the road, but you're, you're telling me to, to, to to consume you as as a cannibalistic. That's too much for me. And then so many, so many of them go. It's almost like on this side of the cross where we're expositing, uh, maybe we're doing a disservice by, by revealing the truth a little bit too much by going, yeah. hold on, wait, it doesn't mean a- a- anything. Uh, we're just yeah. doing it as a, a, rep- a representation. It means nothing more where uh, obviously I believe it means a, 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 scotch, a scotch more, but, uh, but, but we, we, we've, we've explained uh, where, where Jesus of course was his his time and his place was for parable and our, our time was for scripture. Um, so I'm I'm not saying uh, uh Fontes to 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 all all the way back there because of of the fulfillment that uh, Jesus had there. But I th- mm-hmm. I think there should be no surprise that strange fire was presented back then. It was presented during yeah. Jesus time. Uh it was so much so he had to kick out uh people from from our area, the gentile area twice twice. And yeah. uh and th- thank goodness he did so that we can come in.
1: Yep. I I think you know what you what you say what you're pointing at, like I think that's that's a good, that's an important thing that that um to preach the gospel, to be a true Christian, you need to expect people to hate you. And I think that is a big problem for some people. I think even while they like to say that, even like I'll even say, like, even while I'm saying it right now, I know but I know that it still hurts to be rejected. I don't like it. Like I there were people who have have left the church. Because of things that I did or said, and and what's what's really hard is they weren't even mistakes that I made. They were things that like I'm like uh, I don't I don't think this will ever make it back to. There's a guy who left our church because I wouldn't schedule him in the band every week, and I was never going to do that. And so there was there's that's an impasse. I explained it several times to to the whole group, um, and the fact that I wasn't willing to. De- Let this person have their, 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 their limelight every week meant that they weren't going to stay and that hurt. And there's another person, there's another family that actually I, we know, like, you know, my lead pastor tried to graciously take some of the heat for it, but it was me. It was because I was teaching um, doctrines from the Bible that they didn't agree with. Because it was in the Bible and I had to, I have to say what's in God's word. I was teaching it to their students and they didn't want them. They didn't want to be part of the church because I was teaching these, these truths. And instead of having a conversation with me, they just left. Well, that's, that's part of it. Like you, you, it doesn't feel good. It feels very bad. And in fact, the fact, additionally the fact that they said it to everyone but me means that when I'm talking to them out in the public, I can't, I have to act like I don't know that they left because of me uh, but, but like, this is part of being a Christian. You need not expect that. Like, and that's why I think people who are like, oh, so-and-so is ticking off unbelievers. Therefore, they must not really be a believer. That's what Jesus did. Jesus ticked off all the unbelievers so much that they, they nailed him to a cross. Like, would we have kicked Jesus out of the, out of the church for being not winsome enough? We, we need to be ready not to be like I, like I said, every every time we talk about this thing, you think, oh, we're saying like, oh, so get out and be a jerk. No, not intentionally offensive, but to say like the truth is offensive and holding it with the courage and boldness of a Paul or a Peter or a James Peter after the resurrection. You know, before the resurrection, Peter was a little more wishy washy. <laughs> Although I'll point out that the only reason we know that is because he told Mark to put it in his gospel. Yeah, like that's that's humility is what that is. Um but to have that kind of courage is going to take people off. I can't, I can't stand here and say that your, your gay son is, is okay. Like, I'm not going to say that I have to say what is true and, and that's going to take people off and we need to be okay with that. We, and, and that's, that's more than just thumping our chest when we're in a circle of Christians, like to be like, no, 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 you don't understand. It's going to hurt when they call you names. And when the people who you thought were friends start talking behind your back and abandoning you, it's going to hurt, but you need to do it anyway. Um, because because that's the only way that anyone's that anyone's going to be saved. The gospel is the stench of death to those who are dying. That's what Paul says. He says, it is the stench of death. When he says the we're the aroma of Christ, he says, it is the stench of death. Those who are dying are going to sm- hear the gospel. They're going to smell it and they're going to hate it. They're gonna viscerally hate it. And uh and there's nothing we can do about that. But it's the but it's the 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 aroma of life to those who are coming to life. Those who are of his flock will hear his voice and come running. And so we need to we need to not back down because that's the only way we're gonna find those um who are gonna hear it. You know?
0: Yeah. And there's something to say too about uh uh, I think Piper mentions, you know, th- th- there's different types of wrongness in the church. There's just getting it wrong on accident. There's getting it wrong uh, out of ignorance and somewhere down the line, there's heresy and a heresy yeah. enough to kick you out of your church. And I just think like, okay, if, if you were to ask me uh, six years ago, uh to to define you know anything reformed i would be like oh those calvinists that, that there's no reason for them to evangelize cuz i heard uh one pastor say that one time and that formed the basis of all my understanding that i needed of calvinism mm-hmm. so, um, okay but you know yeah. d- d- do we, do we kick me out of church i i hope not so th- there there's there's something to be said about core beliefs and then also uh yeah so, uh, not, not lesser. the The secondary and tertiary things always make it seem like, eh, you know, agree to disagree. That's fine. It's like, no, I, I, I think Presbyterians are wrong. I think I could make a better case for them biblically, but I'm not. Uh, I, th- there, there are there are people that I'm okay disfellowshipping mm-hmm. from, and mm-hmm. there are people not. And yep. I, 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 I can't do that with Presbyterians. I can yep. definitely do it with Mormons. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
0: Speaking of Mormons, because Jesus came back uh, from the clouds, even though he says he was going to go away and then come back in a similar fashion, but he just he just meant to a different continent. Sure, America. What 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 are we doing? Are are are, are we? Are we the the white man's religion of Christianity now? Have have we, have we Westernized it so much that we've taken it even further west? We're, we're west of west as far as the, the churches, or are we just myopic in our, our purview? And okay. Yeah. Like there's some Chinese people being tortured for their faith, but you know, China's small that, that, that doesn't mean anything there's can anything good come out of Beijing? No, clearly not. it's It's only America and I know that because all of YouTube uh, Christian YouTube tells me that uh, they're English speakers. so are we are, are we still the center focus? Will New Jerusalem rise up in Georgia or or might I have to take a plane ticket over to, to go cool. see God?
1: So this is where I am. Uh, I am on a journey right now. <laughs> so, so there's, there's, there's a, a, um. this is one of the things that even I was, I would say is, is, you know, part of the Christian life is you're always kind of growing and learning and understanding things. And, and I'm, I would say there is a sense in which Christianity, I think will continue to center around the United States for a little while. Um, What I mean by that isn't that we are going to be the strongest Christianity in the world, nor do I think that we even export the best Christianity in the world all the time. Um, But there is a a sense in which I think the United States of America will be probably when people think of the centers of Christianity, when people want to send their pastors in Africa to the best seminaries, they're going to still send them out to United States um i think for a little while but i i do think that that is shifting um but i i'll say this along the same lines of what i said about um the understanding that there's there are unbelievers in our churches i would say there's a sense in which that's to be expected because that is not because even because churches are doing things wrong necessarily um or not even because I think maybe you could probably point to mistakes that the United States church has made. There's plenty of them, but there also just seems to be a cycle (laughs) that kind of goes on where just for a time, God works mightily in one particular geographical area and then he kind of moves it along. You know, it's, it's just a, a, a trend I've been noticing. I even have a, I call it the I call it the uh the barbarians uh theory where where like and, and it's based on this, that I that I it was a thought that I had at one point because I was I was uh um playing in the hot tub with my kids and telling them about how they are the barbarians who sacked Rome. Um, and then I sort of realized, Hey, they kind of are because the the barbarians were Germanic speaking for the most part. That's where the name barbar Cause they, that's what our language sounded like to the, to the very beautiful Romans. <laughs> bar, 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 bar. That's all they talk. Um, But, but like this weird thing happened where after Rome was sacked by the barbarians, right. They all went back to their tribes and eventually you find this, Germanic area, this the center of Europe um suddenly calling themselves the home Holy Roman Empire and so they started owning the Roman definition. It's like the the barbarians who sacked Rome became the Romans. And it's such a weird thing that that happened, and then with Protestantism and that kind of all broke up everything. It, it kind of remained in Germany as kind of the center, like for a long time. That's where they, everyone would send all their peoples to Germany, or to especially Reformed people would send their people to Germany and to Netherlands to get the best seminary educations. Um, but then it kind of started shifting, maybe toward England a little bit. Like you got the Westminster Confession, which is kind of the greatest statement, in um, my opinion the second greatest statement on theological uh truth ever made uh the Baptist had to perfect it in 1689 <laughs> but uh it, like it, it but, but then it kind of shifted all the way over to the united states where for a long time the center of solid doctrinal thought has been happening in the united states like you just look at all the best scholars in england now where do they go like the best biblical scholars like the best faithful scholars they tend to come to america And they tend to join Ligonier ministries and things like that to become, to to kind of take on. And what are they usually teaching? They're usually teaching the European and English reformational heritage. So it's this constant uh, movement. And um, I suspect, and this is probably not only tied to what the church is doing, but also not to get too political, tied to what the United States empire is doing, um, that we're, I think we're in the late stages of the United States empire. I think we're going to, I think we're going to see a pretty significant collapse in the next hundred to 200 years. Um, I know that sounds like I'm, I'm hedging my bets so much a hundred to 200 <laughs> years, but I, I, but I, I don't, I'm not an expert. I couldn't give you a date. And even if I could, I wouldn't want to. But in the next in the next, which is but it's still a relatively short while in the history of the world. I think the United States empire is going to be falling apart, whether it's going to be dramatic or gradual. I don't know. I'd rather it be gradual, but uh, it could probably be dramatic. Um, It's it's going to be a collapse. And with that, I think we're going to see the center of Christianity move again. And um, best bet for me right now uh, is Africa. Because right now that's where conservative Christianity is flourishing. They just need to be educated. And so I think instead of bringing them all over here, we need to start sending people over there. such as what vodi Balkum is doing um, with his um, African seminary that he started. I think we need to start sending people over there, um, not as missionaries, but as educators. I think that's, that's where we are right now is we, we need to stop sending missionaries to Africa and start sending educators to Africa to train the pastors to 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 preach the word faithfully and preach sound doctrine, and then let them communicate that to their people. Let them put that in the uh, translate it not not only linguistically but culturally to how they're going to speak to their people. Um, I also am open to the possibility that we might see the collapse of the CCP, and we're and uh, I'm told that almost that over two thousand people a day are coming to faith in China right now like some kind of a crazy ridiculously high number um that the underground church is like flourishing right now and that sounds a lot like what happened right before rome became Christianized. <laughs> uh, and so I, and, and really what now the CC, everybody's like, but CCP is an iron fisted regime. Yeah, but that's not, that's the kind of thing you you expect to see when a regime thinks it's not doing well, it starts to crack down really hard. Like that's not what a confident regime does. And I think it's because they're losing their, they're losing their grip and it's going to probably fall apart. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if we find China rising as a shocking new center of Christianity, as a result of the fact that under persecution that they have, that they have is solidified their faith, you know, the, 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 the purification by fire has been going on in that church. And, and I'm sure, and if we, if, if the CCP collapses and we're able to get Christian educators in there, I bet they would just eat it up because I've been told that what they'll do sometimes is like, I was told a secret story actually um, pretty recently, actually uh, by a guy who um, he called himself a Bible smuggler um and he said like they would bring a he knew a guy who brought a bible into china and immediately he handed out the bible to one of these guys and they started ripping p- pages out and being like okay so i'm gonna take these pages today then we're gonna trade them tomorrow and he was like whoa, 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 whoa dude we got our th- we got more bibles <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have to do that we're gonna give you more bibles uh but but like there's i think there, there's a hunger there that's gonna we're gonna find that if um, and and so I I do daily pray for either the Christianization or the collapse of the CCP um I'm okay with either option uh I'd rather they Christianize but you know we'll see um and then uh I, I bet that that might happen I I think there's a sense in which you 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 can identify like when we talk about Providence of God we talk about there's sort of the primary and secondary means that's what we would talk about a lot, theological circles. So the, the, or sorry, cause primary cause and secondary cause secondary causes. And you guys, you've, you've talked about this a lot with um, the, what about evil series? I think Mm -hmm. as you talked a lot about that, the secondary causes, we can identify a lot of secondary causes as to why Christianity is collapsing in the United States and why it's not doing so well. And even what, how, what we could do to maybe revive it. I don't think it's a lost cause by any, by any means, um, but it seems like, for me, the, to my mind, the primary cause seems to be that God is just moving. God's moving the center of His work somewhere else. Part of His plan to cover the world with the with His glory, as the waters cover the sea, is occasionally moving the center of Christianity. And I I wouldn't be surprised if that's what's going on right now.
0: And I, I think I think we see that historically, at least. Um, uh, I'm I'm sure you can see it uh, beforehand uh uh before the old testament new testament split but uh you know i i always make the point that it seems rome was too perfect of a time and a place for the message of the gospel to come about you built the roads for us thank you yeah. we're gonna take that and uh all we need now is motivation to to leave the the center of civilization and go out oh what's it, that the, entire yeah. persecution and and b- burning of of, of jerusalem well thank you very much and here we go and and so you know we we have um, yeah. i'm i'm listening to a, a great series on um uh w- w- what do we know about uh where the apostles went and um, yeah. uh um uh, matthias uh, uh, uh and um uh, uh thomas uh g- going out to india all the way out to india and 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 moving the gospel uh you know to the ends of the earth uh is, is an amazing mm-hmm. thing or you have uh, uh, Africa being being kind of that that move away because uh, you need a dry climate for all these works of antiquity. And if it wasn't for the Muslims coming in, uh, you know, it, we, we might be uh, um, uh, having different names for different cities, and we might uh, we might be seeing crosses on t- the top of pyramids uh, a, a little bit. But it, it, it seems then like the movement is uh, preservation of, 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 the church and, and a closeness to, uh, being able to reform and being able to go back to the sources and, and having confidence there. And then when it comes to America and the setting up of universities, um, obviously ha- happened, uh, in England as well, but you have that, that, um, that scholarship that, that has been built. And so I, I, I think I can get behind you on what you're saying of, of maybe, uh, maybe the amount of people in a place like China is okay. we've got the scholarship. We've got the means, uh, we've got the history. We've got the ad fontes. We've, we've, we've got the gospel ultimately primacy. Now we just need a whole bunch of people to take this to the, to the end of the, uh, end of the world, to the penguins in, in Antarctica and uh, to the polar bears in, in the Arctic. And boy, I wonder where we would find that many people.
1: You know, uh, <laughs> yeah i think it's you know it's a, yeah it's a good point um i yeah i i I think you're right absolutely and and i think even the the fact of the matter is even it, like you say it even goes back further that this this uh this process that god had of setting the stage for things and and it's true like he i mean this there's, there's a pretty great stage being set in china that's why i, I bring it up is like as much as we want to look at the negatives, like, man, it's a large geographical center. Um, You know, some people pointed out, like, I know some people have certain eschatological persuasions are like a lot of males, a lot of males being produced. Like that could create a giant army. You know what else it could create a giant army of pastors and missionaries. Uh, People who are not tied by family to stay in one location, but can go forth and tell the world about it. Like that's, that's another thing that could come out of this. Like I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just like spitballing all these, all these things because I'm like, I think there is kind of a stage being set. And China is a large geographical area that could cover a lot of space and they have a large market share because, of, okay, you want to, whatever reasons, you you know, conservatives want to debate about what the reason that is. But if, if a, a Christianized China could have a huge, could have a huge effect on the world. I'm I'm not a prophet. I do not have the gift of prophecy. Uh, whether I believe that continues to exist or not, uh, are you a son of a prophet though, and not a son of a prophet <laughs> okay. either? Um, so I'm not I'm not making any predictions, and I might be wrong about this. I but I I just that's a thought that I have about that about the 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 state of theology in America and the state of Christianity in America is it could be that God is moving on. Uh, to his center of of Christianity somewhere else. Um, But then again, as I said, I'm not, I'm also not, I also don't think it's inevitable. I think we, we can do things to try and re and re-reach the church. I think a big project um, is uh, the church planting project, I think is a big part of that. Um, If we do it right, there's a lot of really crappy ways of doing church planting that we've been doing. Um, But there's, there's also a sense in which the same sort of thing happens with institutions keeps it. You know, the, the Presbyterians, uh, they, they owned Princeton. The Pr- Princeton theology was a shorthand for biblical, uh, inerrantist theology, like the supremacy of God's word. That's what it meant, uh, for a long time. Um, and then Princeton obviously went to the dogs and now we're not, um, uh, you know, now we're, Then they had to move to Westminster, and now you know some. Maybe there's some movement away from even Westminster, and there's there's maybe some a case where church planting is a great chance for reformation and revival, because sometimes the institutional church just starts to. You know, know, Robert. Uh, sorry, not to get too theological or political, um, because you know I don't like doing that. But uh, the you know Robert Conquests political laws. One of the things he says is like, um, the ex, the explanation of a complicated bureaucracy or the best explanation for the actions of a complicated bureaucracy is to assume that it's been taken over by its enemies. And, and that's what happens with institutional churches, that even if it's not taken over by its enemies, sometimes it just becomes as if that's the way it is. Yeah. And sometimes you just need to start new things. Well,
0: and uh, not to get too uh, eschatological, uh, referring to that (laughs) referring to Jesus' letters to the seven churches, we we see both a positive and a negative. And obviously, no matter what persuasion you are, uh, we should read Revelation as important because it's it's book 66. And so we, we, we should take it seriously and not just brush it off either way. But. The, uh, uh, other than one one church, uh, th- there's always a negative, and there's a negative aspect that we're supposed to learn from. There's a negative aspect that we learn from the Pharisees, but the Pharisees also give us some some good in there too. And we can't always write off. Oh, you know, uh, God, I, I'm uh, you. You are so lucky to have me, not not an Israelite who keeps turning away and and, and needing correction from. From the Assyrians, thank you, Lord, that uh, you have not made me like this Pharisee over here. Who? Uh, oh, uh, maybe, maybe I, I I need to look a little bit deeper. But so may, maybe the 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 giving over the institutions. I mean, th- that's true. Maybe the 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 breakup, the the um, the division of a of a federal institution of, of, of wanting to consolidate power in, in all these different forms, wanting small churches to, to close down their door, to give their money to, over to big churches. Maybe that's the lesson to, 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 yeah. to break apart and split. And so America becomes the little fiefdoms of control for, for the better. And then you're, you're having a, uh, uh, A a not terrible, (laughs) a a civilization of 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 belief and power and 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 and, you know, okay, the 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 bishop in Wyoming is is telling us to 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 uh bow down to you know what whatever woke stuff has has uh, survived the breakup of America, no, and so maybe that's the uh that that's the uh, uh. the negative aspect that, uh, China or Africa or, uh, um, uh, micro Asia could, could t- take on the, the Philippines could suddenly become a Christian nation to, uh, to, uh, yeah. spread the gospel.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I, I agree with your assessment, obviously about smaller is better. I think, in in is, is the thing, the lesson, I think the lesson we should have learned from the church, I'm afraid we're not learning it. Um, there's there's a large sense in which I think um just America's too big for anything. Like I think the 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 country as a as a whole, like it's insane that we think that we can hold together one nation, um, unified around like what? Like you get too far away geographically and suddenly there's there's just not the connections. Um and that's not and and I think there's a sense in which the church has just assumed that that's what they're going to do too, because we're the church of this nation. And so if you're going to be a Presbyterian church, you're going to be a Presbyterian church of the whole country of, of the United States. If you're going to be a Baptist church, you're going to be a Baptist church of the whole United States. If You're going to be, you know, like that, like, and even, even though Baptist theology is much more decentralized by nature, um, uh, be, being congregational still like, man, one Southern Baptist church is supposed to, oversee all of the southern baptist churches of the entire country and and then there's like well yeah but that's why we break it up into regions but the regions so often have to slow down and wait and go at the slow pace set to them by their overseers and they have to keep checking with the overseeing you know it's it's just i think there's just there is a sense in which yeah it's just too big and i think um so smaller regional denominations i think would be Far preferable.
0: So w- once Jeff Park, your co-host, is done saving Canadian and then American schools with right. diversification of thought and location and money, he just needs to move on the church and. That's right. He's there. All right. All
1: right. Well, I've, I've, I like I've, to think that I'm doing that work uh, <laughs> um, in my humble way, <laughs> by which I mean not accomplishing anything. Uh, <laughs>